Well, this morning, we are closing out our series today that is called Run the Race, a challenge for elders, deacons, and you. And we're going to look at the work of a deacon today. We're going to look at it through God's Word. We're going to see what we can glean from it so that we can have a clear understanding of the job description of a deacon. Uh, so as we wrap things up today, I pray that this series has challenged you to look at God's Word, to see how, as a Christian, you can apply it to your life uh, for the kingdom work that we've all been called to do. And even if you're not an elder or a deacon, God's Word, I believe, challenges us and gives us good direction for us in our daily lives, how we should treat each other, how we should serve one another, how we can impact this community, uh, and ultimately change our, our world. My prayer has also been that through this series, each of you would consider your role in serving the church. Each of you would consider your role in how you can be a kingdom worker. And that being said, let's get into this. Um, first off, as I've studied for this series, I've come up with three areas that I think frame up the deacon's job description fairly well. Uh, it starts off like this. Deacons are to serve under the elders and, and alongside the elders, uh, who, by the way, are to be ministers of word and prayer. Okay, that's the, the summation of the elder's job, ministers of word and prayer. Deacons are to be ministers of mercy under that, and, and they're also to be ministers of word and deed. And so we're going we're gonna to put all this together. Um, by the way, as you write these down, remember this. If you're taking notes, this Run the Race series, and, and I've heard this somewhere before, but it's a challenge for elders, deacons, and you. All right, so it matches up for all of us. It means regardless of what your role is, regardless of what your title is in God's church, uh, Christian, we are also to support and serve alongside our elders who are to be ministers of the word and ministers of prayer. Uh, we are to be, if you will, the ministers of mercy, just like the deacons. We as Christians are to be ministers of word and of deed. Uh, so what does that look like to, to truly submit and serve under or alongside our elders? You know, people don't like that word submit. No one likes it. Uh, but, but it's how God has set things up in his church. And so it's not, uh, as I've said before, the submission to elders is not where they're going to rule harshly over people. It's that we submit to them in their wisdom and, and what's being taught, and we serve alongside our elders as ministers in word and in prayer. And I think we get a good idea of what this looks like when we look at Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Here's what it says. Uh, now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number uh, of, the, of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, who, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's, that's the elders, and they're saying, hey, this is going to be one of our main job descriptions. Verse 5 says, And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed, laid their hands on them, and the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Uh, did you see what happened there? 
when, when we submit to and serve alongside the overseers of God's church, uh, look at verses 6 and 7 again. They set these men before the apostles. That would be the, the new deacons. They set these men before the apostles. They prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Let me say it this way. Uh, the church at this time is brand new. Okay? It's, it's growing quickly. There's a lot going on. And in the excitement of the growth and putting into action all of the things that Jesus had taught, all the things that Jesus had shared, they're, they're trying to hap get all this stuff together and the church is growing exponentially. Listen, mistakes were made. Do you see that? It, it happens even in exciting times, even in times of growth, things get overlooked. Sometimes things get pushed aside uh, for a minute. And in this case, it was the Hellenistic widows, this, this group of women, and they were being overlooked in the distribution of food and, and supplies, the things they needed. This was a time when people were so excited about what God was doing, they were actually selling their possessions and giving their stuff away to those who had needs. And so it wasn't that people were, were being stingy. It just, this had, nothing had ever happened this way before. And so people were being generous. People were being benevolent. And, and Jesus spent time teaching about how we should care for others. But this is a fast-moving revival type action and response to what's being shared with the church from God. And in this excitement, in the growth of the church, mistakes were made. People were overlooked. And so the elders decided, hey, let's pick men who are of the Spirit. Let's pick men who have discernment. Let's pick men who have compassion, men who can be trusted. And let's ask them to serve alongside us as we oversee the growth of the flock. And as, as we, the elders saying, as we minister in word and in prayer, that's what we want to do. So they chose these seven men, and, and here it is. Look, they did it. They set them before the apostles. They prayed. They laid their hands on them. The elders realized that they couldn't do it all on their own. They, they set aside men for service and assistance. And verse 7 tells us if this is a good idea or not, uh, which, by the way, it is a good idea. Verse 7 says, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly, in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Listen, not only were the widows all cared for here in this instance, but the word of God increased. The number of disciples multiplied. And here's my favorite part many of the priests became obedient to the faith. See, this is a perfect example, in my opinion, of how we can change the culture around us by being the reflection of God that we're called to be. See, no task is too small. We're overlooking the widows. We need someone to provide for the widows. We're going to call these men. Men, come provide for the widows. No task is too small. Hey, even in the Old Testament, there's a story where a widow woman with a son was asked to make a couple of meal cakes and, uh, for, for the prophet of God. A widow woman, make, us, make some meal cakes. She said, this is all I have. But she was faithful. She made dinner, if you will, for the prophet of God. And her oil and her, her meal flour did not run dry until the famine was over and she was able to be provided for again. Hey, take bread and cheese to the battle lines, David. Menial tasks. No task is too small when we're doing it for the Lord. David took bread and cheese to the battle line to his brothers who were fighting in battle. And he ended up defeating Goliath. A simple service. He did it because he was the youngest. But that day, 
he became victorious. He brought a rock to a sword fight, and he was victorious because of God in him. No task is too small when it comes to service. Deacons are called to serve alongside the elders, to submit to their leadership, to submit to their authority. And when they do that, then they can be the ministers of mercy that they are called to be. That's part of the job description of a deacon, to be a minister of mercy. Jesus gives a challenge to his disciples, I think, and to us, a command even, in John chapter 15. Again, this series is called Run the Race. It's a challenge for elders, deacons, and youth. So that's why I think, I believe we're included as a future intended audience, if you will. Listen to what Jesus says about abiding in him and how we should all be ministers of mercy. In John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17, listen to this. Jesus says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch that cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that, it is, it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. I want to pause there because he starts off by saying, if you, if you abide in me, and I'm the vine and you're the branches, and you bear a little fruit, I will prune you, and you will bear much fruit. It's that, that small task. Abide in Christ and do a little that honors him, and he will use you, and you will do a lot that will honor him even more. We're going to pick back up in verse 10. He says, and by the way, as my father loved you, I will love you if you abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments, and I abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Again, by abiding in Christ, his joy will be in us, our joy will be made full. Verse 12 says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that wherever, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Listen, these 17 verses are full of what we need to do so that we can be true ministers of mercy. But I want to focus on verses uh, 9 through 12. I'm going to read those again. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. All right? Think about that. With your 
personal relationship with Jesus. As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. These are the things that Jesus is commanding. Abide in me. Love me. Love one another. And now I read John's words in John chapter 15 in light of what I read earlier in Acts chapter 6, especially verse 7. All right? Because when we abide in God's love, when we abide in Christ's love, and verse 7 says, and the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of them, a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Church, we should all be ministers of mercy because when we do that, we will abide in Christ. When we do that, we will love one another as we've been instructed to. I believe that the word of God will increase when we do that. I believe that when we do those things, when we abide in Christ, when we love Christ, when we love others, the word of God will abide in us. I believe that it will increase. I believe it will heal our hurting country. This only happens when we serve alongside our shepherd elders. It only happens when we become the ministers of mercy that our community needs us to be. And when we do these things, whether you're an elder, a deacon, or just simply you, we will all then become ministers of both word and deed, which is also part of the job description of a deacon. Paul, in writing to the saints and brothers in the church at Colossae, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, he encourages them, he encourages us, as we put on our new self in Christ, that whatever we do in word or deed should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Elders, deacons, Christians, as you serve the bride of Christ, as you minister to her with love and mercy and service, may we all follow these instructions. Here it is, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Take note of this. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And whatever, excuse me, I've jumped ahead, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And while you're doing it, give thanks to God the Father. Listen, whether you're serving the widows, whether you're the widow making a meal cake for the prophet of God, maybe you're just the younger brother given the menial task of taking food to your older brothers who are on the battle lines, 
Whether you're changing the light bulbs at the church or cleaning the bathrooms or serving in a food line or just simply buying someone lunch who needs a meal, do it in the name of Jesus. And while you're changing that light bulb, while you're providing that need, give thanks to God the Father at the same time. I want to I bring this full circle because I think the best reflection that we can be of Jesus is to love first, listen well, and speak slow. And when we do speak, before we utter a word, we need to be prepared to speak and love. Uh, we can look around our, our culture right now and see that it's, it's harsh words that turn disagreements into arguments. And arguments that are left open and unresolved turn into divided families. And then friends and brothers are now standing on opposite sides, and that's not what God would want for us. At the end of the day, as we run the race, if you're running anywhere except towards the arms of our loving and compassionate God, you are running the wrong way. Your race is going to be difficult. The race you run without God is going to be long and lonely. Uh, but when we take all these things that we've talked about in these last eight weeks and we put them into practice, regardless of who you are, whether you're an elder, a deacon, or you, we will be the reflection of our God that our world needs. We will be a reflection of his love. We will be the reason the word of God grows strong throughout our land again. And so as we come to our response time this morning, I want to challenge you to respond to God's word accordingly. Uh, write a quick note in the comments of what you will do differently as you run the race for God. Uh, no matter what your title is in the church, Christian, that's your title. We are the called out ones. Uh, to be really clear, we are called out by God to reflect him as we run the race. We are called out by God to abide in him as we run the race. We are called out by God to love others in his name as we run this race. No task is too small for us. No service is too menial if we use it to reflect Christ and his love for us and for others. So will you consider this morning how you will indeed reflect Christ, how you uh, will be his reflection in our community, and then share it in our comments as we sing our response song this morning. Mm -hmm.